0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by our good friends at Hedua, the Home Educating Family Association. You can find them online at Hedua.com. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. To go. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life Podcast. This is
1: Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL Podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 74 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Homeschooling Gifted Kids.
1: Do you think we have any gifted kids, Fletch? I think
0: I'm gifted, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Hey, you know, Kenj, why don't we tell our listeners where we are right now?
1: Yeah, we are on the Atlantic coast.
0: This is the absolute opposite coast that your sandy little feet are familiar with.
1: I know. You know what, Fletch, the sun rises over this ocean. It's yeah. so weird. Like it's an entire <laughs> paradigm shift.
0: Yeah, it is weird. And uh, you know, why are we here?
1: We are here because we just finished up with the two to one blogging conference. So I, I we joke about this all the time, you guys, because it's a blogging conference for people who homeschool, which is there's like three of us yeah. there. No. Even,
0: it's really <laughs> for women, too. I mean, so it's even a smaller... Account. Yeah, you it's
1: were like, one of four guys. Yeah, I
0: was. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about something that we found when we were here that kind of bugged me.
1: Okay, go All for right, it. So
0: we're on the Outer Banks. Yes. And we probably have listeners from North Carolina. Probably. Um, so... We're Californians. Um, and we were just kind of laughing at some of the names of the towns. Um, and the one that stuck out to me, I made a joke on it in our last episode, was Kill Devil Hills. What happened that they got that? <laughs> That's what I was saying. So I brought it up with a waiter at a restaurant recently. And he, I don't know whether it's the truth or not, but he shared a story that it's not about whether it's the truth. It's about what he said. Okay, yeah. He said that, uh, you know, I think he got, he did it in like a southern drawl. He said, I think God's got name because... Uh, the, uh, uppity Christians, the uppity Christians in the town uh, struggled with the fact that people were making rum out in the dunes, out in the hills. Now, people, this is a very gross exaggeration of what a hill is.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, we were on the, the hill... The, I said it's a bump, but yes, yeah. yeah, so we're on the hill today. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so there was a um, so it's this idea that these uppity Christians struggled with people uh, making and drinking rum out in the hills. The the second little story that came in was uh, from a, a blogger at this retreat, whose husband is a sommelier.
1: Yeah, yeah. which is a, a wine guy. You know, so he that's actually he's very very well educated in the making of wine and wine complementing things. He actually works for a winery.
0: Yeah, and so she kind of whispered when she was telling me this because she doesn't know how people are going to respond. And I thought, you know, what a bummer, right? And and you really had a great point there.
1: Oh, yeah. well, So I was thinking to myself, you know, it's crazy that this waiter just off the cuff tells us this story, but his comment is, and you know, the Christians in the town. And I thought, this is so sad to me that this is what the world thinks, you know? This is what Christians are known for, behavior. Christians yeah. are known for behavior for for this morality thing for the way we dress for the things we don't drink for the and that was his comment and I thought you know what wouldn't it be fantastic if the comment was and there was a homelessness problem in our community and the Christians came in and really loved these people and helped them get back on their feet or yeah, housed yeah. them or fed them or you know whatever else it, it could be said of us you know we had this problem with Whatever. Yeah,
0: we had a gay pride <laughs> event. You know the problem? Too many Christians showed up. Yeah, and yep. just started
1: loving these That's, people and, and pointing them to the gospel, not right?
0: the group showing up just holding signs from yeah. Westboro Baptist. So, yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to talk about this for a second. So, you know what, listeners? Um, I was just thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if we were known for abundant grace? Wouldn't yeah. that be great?
1: Right. Scandalous um, all right. abundant grace.
0: Let's get on to homeschooling. We are in like a homeschooler's mecca out here in the Outer Banks. On Sunday, we went to uh, Roanoke Island to the Lost Colony.
1: Yeah, we did. The Lost Colony, also the the birth site of the first uh, European child born in uh, in the New World. Yeah. Virginia Dare. Virginia
0: Dare. And then today we went to the uh, Kitty Hawk, um, went to the Memorial for Orville and Wilbur right at Kitty Hawk where the first powered... Uh, engine powered flight took place and we learned all about them
1: okay but there was also a picture of their mother and come on hurlers like get with me on this this is what the entire time I kept hearing Orville Wilbur (laughs) right Schoolhouse Rock okay so this I could not get this out of my head (laughs) the entire time we were there
0: and I was we were laughing because we drove by uh Kitty Hawk Elementary School, and we thought those kids in that school have got to just be going, yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah. Orville and Wilbur right? Mm-hmm. We hear about them all the time. Right. Kind of like <laughs> the Fletcher kids when we talk about the Gold Rush. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 49ers, in our ers Gold Rush, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> um, well, hey, let's get on to tonight's episode.
1: Yeah, because here we are at this blogging conference, and what's cool is that last week on our episode, we had Hal and Melanie Young talking with us about raising adults, and then they were at the conference, too, so we got to yeah, hang out with them in fun. real life. Yep, and then... I'm at the conference and I'm thinking to myself, we've got to grab my friend Colleen because she writes on Gifted Homeschoolers, she is the mom of Gifted Homeschoolers, she has actually has her degrees in gifted education, and I just knew she would be a really great interview. So any of you out there who think you might be dealing with gifted kids or know you are, um, those of you who are not or don't. You know what, just enjoy it because this is a great conversation.
0: All right, so let's uh, listen to a commercial and we'll get right on with that interview. You know, we are really excited to be working with Hedgewa, the Home Educating Family Association. You know, when Kendra and I work with a company and advertise for them, we want to know more about them and their products than just a name. One of the things I've loved about Hedgewa is that the entire company seems to be made up of homeschool moms who really know their product as well as their customers. You know, I like to poke behind the scenes and find out just who is behind Hedgewa. And I found that when I had a chance recently to go online and meet with their customer service manager, once again, she's not only a homeschool mom, but she's a homeschool grad.
2: Um, My name's Tisha Priest, I live in Maine, and um, I'm a second-generation homeschooler. My mom homeschooled me starting in junior high, going through high school. My husband and I, when we were dating, talked about homeschooling and decided that we thought that was the best option For us, should we have any children? So here I am, 16 years later, homeschooling four kids.
0: And how do you fit into the Hedgewa family?
2: Well, I started out um, writing some reviews for Hedgewa a few years ago, and I've done some writing for their blog and the magazine. And then when they asked me if I would be interested in taking over their customer service, the chance to actually work for a company whose products I absolutely loved myself was just it was so exciting I was I was thrilled for the chance
0: you know a lot of companies track how they do things well but since I had the customer service manager on a Skype call I thought it would be fun to ask her just how she handles things when they don't go so well you have to be on the front lines of people asking questions or confused about products or you know a magazine didn't show up at the right time or the there's some problem um uh, tell me, what is your approach to dealing with customers?
2: First of all, I always want to come across as being friendly and helpful because that, that's what I love about doing customer service is I love being able to help people and give them a good experience because Hedu's products are so great that I want their their experience dealing with customer service to be just as good as our products are.
0: We've loved working with Hedgewa and we think the people working behind the scenes are just wonderful there. But you know, if they gave me access to their employees, they should have known that I was also going to ask some very real questions. Tisha, at homeschooling in real life, we talk about real life issues. Are homeschoolers easy to deal with or are they crazy?
2: Most most people honestly are wonderful to deal with and are very reasonable. You know, I mean, sometimes people will be upset because something got messed up, but you know, most people are very very easy to deal with and are are happy to to work with us when you are dealing with the public it doesn't matter what demographic you're always occasionally going to wind up having to deal with someone who who's a little bit difficult (laughs) (laughs) but but you know for the most part um dealing with our customers is is a good experience you know and and i greatly enjoy it and (laughs)
0: All right, so we're not an overtly crazy crowd then, the homeschooling.
2: Not typically, no.
0: (laughs) All right, hurlers, in the show notes on this episode, we want you to click through to Hedua.com. That's the Home Educating Family Association, Hedua.com, H-E-D-U-A.com.
1: And we are back. What we want you to know about this interview is that we did this with some travel mics in our hotel room. We actually had a special guest with us. If you're familiar with Zan Tyler, she is a uh, veteran homeschooling mom and author and grandmother. She sat in on this interview with us, so I think we even referenced that. Um, yeah, in, she's oh, sitting yeah.
0: in the corner of the room while yeah. we're recording.
1: So it, you guys, it really I, you probably can hear the waves, maybe some traffic, things like that. Um, but this is what makes these interviews fun in real life. My mommy says I'm a miracle. My daddy says I'm a special little guy. We are here interviewing Colleen Kessler of RaisingLifelongLearners.com about homeschooling gifted kids. Colleen, we are really happy to have you with us. I am so excited to
3: be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here, Colleen. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and maybe how you fit into the topic of raising gifted kids?
3: Sure. Um, I have four kids. My kids are 12, 8, 6, and 2. And um, before I left teaching, I was a full-time gifted intervention specialist. And I worked with gifted children um, every day and prayed for nice, average children and thought I would be in the classroom forever and would never dream of homeschooling. And since we all know God has a sense of humor, I am now home freelance writing full-time, blogging full-time, and homeschooling a profoundly gifted child and probably several other gifted children as well.
1: So I love your story, Colleen, because uh, I think a lot of us have... Please to God about certain things we do or don't want in our kids. And then we get exactly what we've asked God not to give us. And yes. it's it ends up being a beautiful thing. So let's talk a little bit about having gifted kids Right off the bat, I know people will often say things like, well, I've got this struggling reader, or I've got these kids that don't want to do school, or, oh, if only I had a gifted kid who was, you know, it would be so much easier if they really wanted to learn. So you, I would love to hear what you have to say
3: about that, because we've talked about this before. Yes, absolutely. Um, there is a huge myth. A misconception that a gifted child is a high achiever, you know, that child who wants to learn everything and is the teacher pleaser or the people pleaser and is always going to do what you ask them to do when you ask them to do it and do it really, really well. And in some cases, that is true. You have some very, very bright children, gifted children who can do that. And then you have others. Um, I like to I like to remind people that there's a bell curve, and there's a bell curve for a reason. We have our average children in the middle, and on the one end we have you know standard deviations away from it, and we have children with difficulties. But gifted kids are the same standard deviation above the average on a, the other side, and they have just as many neurological challenges as others. So you deal with some intensity, some asynchrony, which is where they are very intelligent and they have the intelligence of an adult, pers- perhaps, but then the behavior and the attitude of a child much younger than themselves. Or they want to do what they want to do. They want to learn what they want and only what they want. They can um, perseverate and hyperfocus on a topic. And they may know everything there is to know about astronomy, say, and never want to pick up a pen to write. And they're still struggling with handwriting in fifth grade. So it's it's challenging. It's just as challenging as dealing with a struggling reader.
0: Uh, you know, before we ask too many more questions, I did want to point out we are sitting in a hotel room. At the two to one conference, and we have motorcycles zipping by, <laughs> and we have uh, we have a guest in the hotel room with us. So you're being you watched doing? during I this. How you doing? I'm
3: I'm doing great. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah. This no. Little... This is this is a fun setup. This yeah. is a challenge, and we're playing off of each other. And I get to see your faces, which is fun. Hey. So you know, we uh,
0: before we go down the path of everything that's a challenge mm-hmm. of uh, raising gifted kids, yeah. um, could you maybe answer what uh, the joys are?
3: Yeah, the joys are that exuberance. I mean, they they are they can be incredibly passionate about life, just life in general. They are intense. Um, gifted kids, uh, gifted adults are intense about whatever it is they love, and they love passionately. They feel passionately. They investigate um, with this incredible intensity. Whatever it is that turns them on, and it's so exciting to see. Um, we have one child who is just a fantastic builder. He has an engineer's mind and to see the things that he comes up with and the way he approaches a problem is fascinating. And the conversations, the sense of humor, uh, that he brings to the table, it's just joyful. And, um, he can charm just about anybody he meets and it's really, really exciting to watch. You see glimpses of the adult that he can be. And so it's fun. It's fun to have to be able to figure out ways to harness that energy and that intensity and see them blossoming.
1: When you know that you have a gifted child, you yes. know, when that when that person says, oh my goodness, I think I have an, an outlier here. What do you say to that, that person who comes to you and says, I think my child is gifted? What is the first step for them? Well,
3: I say you probably do then. I think parents know their kids. And I I think that, like, when I taught, I was guilty of well, let's put them through testing and find out. And I really think that there's so much to be said for a parent's gut. And I think that if you notice that your child is an outlier, that they probably are. And so you find out what makes them tick. What is it they love? And you build on that first and foremost. Um, Don't worry about test scores. Don't worry about putting a label on it. Go with whatever it is they are shining. Whatever subject they're shining in, um, capitalize on that and try to, um, to capture that and and bring everything else around it and, and run with it and let them run with you or let them take you and lead you.
0: Can you put a handle on that for me? Like give me an example of like a parent who, who thinks this. So what would be something that they would be gifted at? Just an example.
3: Okay, so say your child is showing an aptitude in math. They're grasping topics really quickly um, and breezing through them. And you're noticing that they don't need all the repetition that's in the book. We're learning from mastery, right? That's what's important. We want them to grasp the concept and be able to move on. So we want them to be able to apply it. So you can run with that. You can say, hey, let's look at – it seems like you're getting this pretty quickly. Let's look at the five most difficult problems on this page. Do those. Show me you can do those, and let's just move on. Because to have you keep droning on and on and on with these same types of problems is going to make you crazy, and it's going to make me crazy, and you want to learn. So let's run with it. If they have an intense love of um, the solar system – Pull books in, pull movies in, pull other things in, and then you can, you can focus their reading on that, their um, science on that, their writing on that. And so you can run with whatever it is they're passionate about and know your kid, love your kid, and move forward with your kid.
0: Okay, that, that's very helpful.
1: It sounds a little bit to me like unschooling. (laughs) So can you comment
3: on that? I mean, is is there a similarity there? I can. Um, I think a lot of parents who find themselves homeschooling, gifted, highly gifted, profoundly gifted children end up in some ways following that path. I personally am a little bit more structured just because I come from a background of teaching and others do too there's there's a certain give and take i say the most important thing you need in order to homeschool gifted kids is flexibility you need to be able to kind of roll with the punches so i am very i am I'm very um i struggle personally i struggle a little bit in math my son does not so i need to know sequentially that he's getting all of the things he needs so we'll move on quickly from topics but we won't skip topics completely because i want to know they're there that being said, you can teach reading and writing and math and science and history and geography through lots of integrated sub- uh, lots of integrated um, uh, resources, and so we'll do that for the other, other subjects. So I think it can look a little unschooly, but isn't really because they're absorbing every bit of those topics, and then they're moving on. I, I would say it's more interest-based learning than unschooling because you're still putting the resources in front of them and helping them to discover whatever that new passion is.
0: All right, Colleen. So homeschool parents think, and you're telling them to trust their gut yes, that, they have, <laughs> that they have that they have a gifted student, and they're thinking, "Ah, oh, this just seems too hard." You know who's really good at this? The public school system, because they have money and resources and tax dollars and experts and specialists. And I am just the homeschool mom from Kitchen Table USA. Um, is that is your advice to that mom and dad, yeah, sure, the the public school is the best place for these kids?
3: And my former colleagues are going to be covering their ears and running away when I say this. But no, I wish that I could go back and talk to some of the parents of the kids that I taught When I was in the public school system as a gifted specialist, because I thought I could do it better and I didn't have the resources or the time or the flexibility to be able to meet those kids where they were and move them forward every day. I think one of the biggest challenges our school systems face is they have a lot of kids and the ones that seem to be getting it quickly are the ones that are going to be forgotten about because they have benchmarks to meet. And they need to bring the lower kids up to meet those benchmarks. And so the kids that are already there, those are the ones that slip through the cracks. And so our gifted kids, I feel, in the current climate of education, are really kind of getting the short end of the stick. Um, We started with our kids in public school. I um, I was home freelance writing for the educational market when our second was born. But our son was going to kindergarten. And he did okay, but he had a really good teacher that had some flexibility, and it was kindergarten. By the time he got to first grade, things were starting to fall apart because gifted services didn't start until third grade, and then um, he's a boy. And he was being labeled as ADHD. It was being suggested that we go look at that. And really highly gifted kids often um, exhibit things we call overexcitabilities, where their brains are just working over time. And that comes across in um, psychomotor issues where they're just like all over the place. But if they're focused, they're focused. So it's not ADHD because they have the ability to focus when they're intensely interested. But in the classroom, they look like those kids that are just kind of tearing apart the room. And he was breaking pencils and he had papers stacking up and he couldn't keep up with things. And he was coming home more and more beaten down. So we ended up pulling him out. And um, it was both the most difficult and the best decisions we've ever made. We struggle, we still, you know, homeschool moms are listening to this and you all know it is not a walk in the park all the time. And there are days that I really wish I could put him back on that school bus because they're hard kids to parent and they're hard kids to homeschool. But you can do it better because you can meet them where they are and you can know that they're always moving forward And they're not going to in the school system. They're going to be sitting there bored or helping someone catch up.
0: All right. So we interviewed a specialist on dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And I was assuming halfway through the interview that I was dyslexic. Now I think I'm gifted. (laughs) When you said ripping classrooms apart, my second grade teacher would probably say, hey, this kid's gifted.
1: (laughs) So Colleen, I know that you live in a little house, a very little house with four children. Um, What does a good day in that little house homeschooling look like for you? A
3: good day we haven't had a lot of good days lately <laughs> um, this is real life. you can say this that. is Fall real in. life yeah um, we we have a seventh grader, so our our profoundly gifted kid is a seventh grader right now, so we have challenges right now in our teeny tiny house, so we went from a three thousand square foot house to a seven hundred and ninety square foot house. Um, Because we chose to pay off some debt and move forward with with some fun things, you know, vacations and things. So it's tough. It's tough. We're tiny. A great day in our house looks like my son independently doing his algebra and his Latin and his subjects in the family room while I have our kindergartner and third grader around the kitchen table. And my toddler happily working on the centers. I pull out for him with trays of blocks and, and things. But you know what? a good day doesn't happen all that often. So we have chaos and we take lots of breaks and we utilize our trampoline often and we swing and we go for walks around the block. Frequent breaks and laughter. You know, you just have to laugh sometimes. Oh, I love that answer. It's great.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for interviewing with us and, and reaching out to our listeners. Where can they
3: find you? You can find me at RaisingLifelongLearners.com and I have a Facebook group called Raising Poppies. And actually you can read about why it's called Raising Poppies in the Facebook group. And uh, you can find that just by searching Facebook for groups and request to become a member.
1: Okay. And I know
3: too that you have a book coming out in March of 2016 on gifted kids, right? I do. Yeah. I'm working on a book and it will be full of practical things, um, tips to help you get through your day, as well as some great anecdotes from real parents who have shared their stories with us.
1: Great. Thank you, Colleen, for being with us. We really appreciate it and super fun in this hotel room. Yes.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here with us.
3: Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: All right. We wanted to keep that interview a little shorter for uh, this episode. Um, Again, is it possible I'm gifted?
1: (laughs) What are you going to go take a test like you did for the? Yeah. uh, Turns (laughs) out I wasn't (laughs) dyslexic, but
0: I'm just maybe I'm gifted. Maybe
1: I'm the other end of the spectrum. Honey, I think you're gifted.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, great interview. And thanks again to Colleen for cramming into our little hotel room to record that with us. Hey, just a reminder to our listeners, if you were listening to our last episode, we do offer exclusive content behind the scenes recording, not for every episode, for a lot of episodes. We also offer what, Kendra?
1: Yeah, we also have coupon codes and special offers from our sponsors and advertisers. And if you are in our community, you are the first to hear all the news and good stuff from Homeschooling in Real Life.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal. Here is how you become a member of the Homeschooling in Real Life community. You can go to homeschoolingirl.com slash subscribe. If you are not already a member, if you're not already a subscriber to our website, and many of you are, but if this is the first time you're hearing it, head to com slash subscribe and sign up. And all those things we just mentioned uh, will come directly to you as soon as they are available. Kenj, what is your favorite part of being a homeschooling in real life subscriber?
1: Fletch, I love that you... Keep all of the stuff that we don't put into the regular show and that you are now making it uh, available for our listeners. Um, and God, I laugh. I laugh right yeah, I along think, with the stuff you put up.
0: I think my favorite one is the uh, Canada quiz that I yeah. flunk so horribly. So <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, become a member, head on over. There's a bunch of free stuff, and it's worth it. Um, You know, we say this on every episode, but what is the one thing our listeners can do for us?
1: Our one thing that our listeners can do for us is to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review.
0: If you don't know how to do that, take a look at our show notes. It's spelled out for you. You can head on over. You can leave a review. And more importantly, if you don't subscribe in iTunes... You need to do that as well because I'm telling you, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, our episodes will come directly to your podcatcher, and we release every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. If you listen to podcasts, this is the way to do it. You'll get everything automatically delivered to you, and it's uh, perfect. So if you want to reach out to us about this episode, you can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash or you can tweet to us.
1: At Homeschool IRL.
0: And if you want to email us, Ken, how should they do that?
1: Info at homeschoolingirl.com. Fletch, next week we are going to be starting a short series we're calling Surviving the Holidays. And we will be starting with Financial Strain.
0: Yes, and this is one that can just kill families during the holidays. I mean, it may not be during the holidays, but certainly during the month of January and February when you're dealing with debt, it can wipe you out. So I am looking forward to sitting down and talking about this one with you.
1: Thanks for listening. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.